All right, well, I've got a stack of board games up here on stage. Anybody like to play board games? Yeah, a lot of board game players. Uh, would there be more excitement if I had video games? Okay. But these are the board games, and here's why I have a bunch of board games up here. Not only do I like to play them, these are from my house. This is about a third of our collection, all right? So we love playing board games at the Peniel House. But uh, I've got these up here because I think a lot of times we treat life like a game. We just do, and we treat our faith like a game. And, you know, here's what's cool about these board games is they all kind of come with uh, their little tagline. Has anybody ever played Cranium Hoopla? No? This is a cool game because you're not competing against each other. You're competing against a clock together, whoever you're playing with. So you're all one team together. But they've got these little taglines, Hoopla, the outrageously fun game where every second counts. And it's just, you know, that's on the commercial that's on the box. That's how they try to sell the game. Sequence looks like a boring game. Anybody ever played Sequence? Very fun game. It's fun. It's challenging. It's exciting. It's Sequence. They've got their little tagline on the box. I love playing Sequence. Pop 5. Anybody ever play that? It's a cranium game. It's all about pop culture. It says, your favorite pop topics from Madonna to mullets to Monday Night Football. It's not what you know. It's how you show it. That's an attractive tagline. That makes you want to play that game because uh, everybody likes talking about Madonna. And no. Um, cranium is just, this is a turbo edition of the regular Cranium. Have you ever played this game? If you haven't, you need to play this game. This is a phenomenal game. It's, this is just simple. Outrageous fun for everyone. If you say outrageous, I'm there. All right? Count me in. And then block us. Anybody ever played block us? I've heard people call it Blocus. Anybody ever call it that? Blocus is the strategy game for the whole family, except for the three-year-old, and he has no idea what's happening. But, uh, you know, a lot of times the taglines for our life are not like that, for the games that we play. And I want to put up some taglines that I think that we live uh, when we go through our life. So throw up that second slide, I think, is what I have there. Um, the next one, the second slide with words. Maybe. There we go. All right. These are kind of the games we play. The rules are always changing. Everyone's always adding more players. Players are constantly and unpredictably switching teams. This game seems to be free, then it costs you more than you can pay. You're always the loser. That's my favorite one. And here's the game, and I want to just label this game that we play every day. And really, okay, you can go back one slide to that first one you put up. Really, we play games in life because we want to be confident. We want to feel confident. That's why I play these games, is I love winning games. I love defeating people. Um, I've been known to bend the rules a little bit so that I can win the game because I want to feel confident and I want to feel on top. And everybody wants self-confidence. And this is a tough time in life to feel that because everybody's changing at different paces and there's a lot of things going on and a lot of challenges you guys are facing. But everyone wants to feel confident. And so we play a game that has all those taglines. Put them back up here. In order to feel confident, we play a game where the rules are always changing. We play a game where everyone is always adding players. We play a game socially in our lives where players are constantly and unpredictably switching teams. Girls, you know what I'm talking about? Okay? We play a game that seems to be free, but then it ends up costing more than you can pay. It ends up hurting. There's a, there's a cost to it. And usually in this game, you're always the loser. And here's what the game is called. It's not Blockus, it's not Cranium, it's called the comparison game. And everybody plays it. Leaders and students, we all play the comparison game. 
We seek confidence by comparing ourselves to others. Either, and there's really two types of comparisons. We can put those up on the screen. Uh, There's a craving comparison, and then there's a comfort comparison. Either we play the comparison game by finding people that we want to aim towards and be like, and we compare ourselves to a model or an ideal and try to reach that, or we have a comfort comparison. So we crave something, or we have a comfort comparison where we try to find comfort in the fact that we're better than somebody else, or at least things aren't as bad as their life. So here's your definition of the craving comparison game. Let's talk about that for a second. This is when you compare yourself to people you want to be like. So when I was your age, here's how it played out. Anybody ever watch Saved by the Bell on TBS reruns? All right. When I was your age, Saved by the Bell was a show, and there was a guy on Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris. You can put his picture up there in case you've never seen Zach Morris. That's Zach right there. And that was my craving comparison, one of them. It's I wanted to be like Zach Morris. Not only did he have the stunning clothes that you see him wearing there, um, he had a cell phone before anybody had a cell phone. Granted, it was the size of that guitar, but he had a cell phone. He had, I can't tell you how many hours I spent in front of the mirror trying to get my hair to look like that. Um, and, and a lot of the reason why I craved being like Zach Morris is, one, uh, he was the coolest kid in school on that show, and two is that little lady he was standing right next to right there, Kelly Kapowski. And I wanted Kelly Kapowski to go to my school and be my girlfriend. And so I craved being like Zach Morris. I promise you. I bought shoes like he wore. I rolled my jeans like he rolled them. I tried to fix my hair like he fixed them because he was cool. And girls in my school thought he was cool. And so I craved being like Zach Morris. There was a, there were some kids I went to school with, like some of the more popular kids that I wanted to be like. I remember a kid named Jack Ford. Jack Ford was a kid that could get away with anything. He was, uh, his family was a church family. He was a church-going kid, but he lived for the world and all of its pleasures, and he kind of seemed to be able to balance both with no consequences. Uh, he was, uh, the girls thought he was a good-looking guy. I can confess, he was pretty handsome. And, uh, you know, I wanted to look like him. I wanted to be like him. He was fantastic at any sport he played, and he didn't have to work at it or practice or anything. He was just good. And, uh, Boy, there were a lot of times I wanted to be like Jack Ford and guys like him. And I think every one of you guys can think about people who you crave to be like. Man, if I only had it as easy as this person. Or I wish that I was just a little bit more like that. I wish I had her hair. Guys, that's a weird thing to think. That was more for the girls. Um, I wish I had her hair. I wish I had, you know, that gadget. I wish I had that lake house. Or I wish, you know, whatever it is. And we have this craving comparison game. Everybody plays it. But guess what, guys? You can compare yourself to the popular peers in your school or famous people, athletes. We compare ourselves to a lot. We want to be like them. But here's what happens. Here's the, the comparison game, you always lose on the crave, craving comparison game. The craving's never satisfied. You're never going to morph and become another person. Eventually, I gave up being Zach Morris. Because I realized I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to be that cool. I gave up being Jack Ford. That's just not who I am. But if you keep playing that game, that craving is never going to be satisfied. You're not going to magically change. You end up feeling bad about yourself because you're not the thing that you're craving to be. You stop being grateful to God for who He made you, and you're distracted from His plan for your life because you're putting some other plan ahead of that. You're making an ideal pursuit your king instead of the king of kings. 
when you play the craving comparison game. And we all play it on some level. Even I do still to this day. But I want you guys to know that when we do play it, you're always the loser. Now let's look at the comfort comparison real quick because we also play this game. Here's that definition. When you compare yourself to something less desirable in order to make yourself feel better. And this is usually a little more subtle. You know, it's just kind of like you, the things that make you feel good about yourself. Like, I'm getting good enough grades. Uh, I'm doing good enough in sports. I live in a good enough house. I have a good enough phone. I go to a good enough church and I'm a good enough small group. And I'm a little bit better than these people. So I'll be honest with you. In high school, the Jack Ford thing changed as I started to get older. He started to experience some consequences the things that were going on in his life. And I was like, well, at least I'm better than Jack Ford. And I was, it was a morality thing at that point. And so I played the comfort comparison game, trying to make myself feel confident and better by comparing myself to other people. All right? Um, and we all do that also. Well, at least I, I did something bad, but I'm, at least I'm not as bad as that kid. Yeah, I got in trouble, but at least I didn't get in trouble as bad as that person. Yeah, I'm struggling with this, but at least I'm not struggling with this as bad is other people. Yeah, this is, you know, my house is not that nice, but at least it's not as bad as that person's house. And on and on we go. And we play the comfort comparison game, trying to make ourselves feel good about ourselves. You say, David, what's wrong with that? There's consequences to that too. Let me show you. You're always a loser. This destroys compassion and love for other people when you are trying to elevate yourself above them. It makes you prideful. It makes you judgmental, and it ignores God's opinion of others. It ignores God's opinion of others, and you form your own opinion, and you put them down below yourself to make yourself feel better. We play the comfort comparison game. If you're a guy like me that likes to put other people down and make fun of other people and really dog out on them or pick on other girls and talk about them behind their back, about things they've done, things they wore, what they said, who they were with, you know, whatever it is. A gossip is a comfort comparer because you're comparing yourself to others. You're not actually saying that I'm so much better than them, but you're putting them down and, and you're making yourself look better. And that's destroying any sense of compassion and love in your life. Guys, my boy Chapman, he's a three-year-old. He loves getting donuts on Saturday morning. And I took Chapman to go get donuts the other day and we live right by J.J. Pierce High School. Anybody live around J.J. Pierce High School? Yeah, all right, you're my neighbors. And we can hear the band practicing for the Friday night football games on, on Friday mornings. It's actually a Friday morning that I took him to get donuts. And we could hear the band practicing. He's, he loves drums. He said, I hear drums. I said, let's go watch the band practice. And so we went and we pulled up, and we pulled up right in the parking lot, and we watched the band practice. And it was amazing. The things, who's, is anybody in band, in marching band? It was amazing the things that they did. The way that huge group of people, all right, we had five people playing together up here on this stage, and they just had like a hundred people playing the same song, all these different parts. It was incredible. And then watch them march and form different things. It was an amazing thing, and it was before school, and it was hot. And I was looking at those kids, and I'm like, they're going to be all hot and sweaty, and they're going to have to try to clean up and get rid of the smell and, and look nice and go into class so people don't make fun of them for being all sweaty and gross. And They're, they're doing that to support the football team and to develop a passion they have for music. And it was just a cool thing. I almost started crying because I was so proud of those kids. I didn't know for all their hard work and the amazing thing they were accomplishing. And you know what I realized? In high school, 
I made fun of those kids. And I ignored those kids. Because I was playing the comfort comparison game. And I was putting them down. And I was trying to elevate myself above them. And I realized I had no compassion and love when I was your age. And I was prideful and I was judgmental. And I ignored God's opinion of those kids. Thankfully now, you know, I'm an adult. And I can look at those kids and I can just cheer them on and encourage them. And I, I just regretted, I regretted so deeply in my life the times I spent playing the comfort comparison game. And I can promise you, if you keep it up, you'll regret it too. And so what do we do? Because, guys, listen, we all want to find confidence, self-confidence. And it's real easy to go the route of the craving comparison game to find it, or the comfort comparison game to find it. And the Bible tells us exactly how you can find confidence without comparison. And so I want us to open up the Scripture, uh, and we'll just do that on the screen. If you have your Bible, you can turn to it. That's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 9. And Paul is a guy that wrote a lot of the New Testament of the Bible, kind of the second half of the Bible. And Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, all those names of books of the Bible, those were named after cities or towns where Paul had helped start churches, and he was writing it to the people in that town. So it was a town called Philippi, so he's writing to the Philippians. And he's writing them a letter to encourage them. And they were struggling with craving and comfort comparisons. And Paul basically said, listen, if you want to play the comparison game, I've got you all beat. All right? And let me tell you about it. So here's what Paul said. He said, if anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of uh, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultness. Leave that up. Go back. Leave that up. This is... Let me put that in modern-day language, because you guys, if you were to compare yourselves to that, that would be pretty unimpressive, all right? This is like Paul saying, hey, if you want reasons to put confidence in yourself, I've got more. And let's just put it where you guys are. I live in this part of town. I play on the A team. I get above a 95 in every class. I go to Watermark Community Church, and I've been here since it started. Um... What are other things? I've got the new iPhone 4. I've had three girlfriends. You've had none. I get new clothes. My parents drive this car. It's got two DVD players in it. And we watch them when we go out to my lake house. And on and on we go saying, hey, here are my reasons to put confidence in the flesh. What are yours? I dunked on you. I beat you at this video game. I got this score, this fast. I mean, whatever it is, down to stupid little things, right? And that's what Paul was saying. Hey, we've all got reasons to put confidence in our flesh, right? But here's what I've found. So now Paul turns the corner. He was saying, hey, I've got reasons, but I don't put confidence in my flesh. So look at what he says next. But whatever was to my profit, right? Whatever craving comparisons I'd achieved, whatever comfort comparisons I felt, whatever was to my profit, I consider a loss. I'm done with the comparison game for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And so leave that up. That's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning is finding confidence in something that is not of yourself, not having a righteousness or a confidence of my own that comes from the law, that comes from what the world says, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And I want to challenge you guys and encourage you guys this morning to think about this. Where do I find my self-confidence, my self-esteem, my self-worth, my identity, who I am? Is it in striving to become something, something, some identity? Is it finding comfort in comparing yourselves to others? Or is it just by resting in, the, in, in faith in Christ, which basically means resting in the fact that you know you are God's son or daughter? And that He created you and He made you and He has a purpose for you and He made you just how you are. Not to compare to anyone else. But to just rest in who He made you to be. And He knows that you've screwed it up through craving comparisons. He knows you've screwed it up through comfort comparisons. And He loves you so much that when you turned your back on His creation and you strived and craved to be something else and you put other creations of His down... He loved you so much He came after you. And He came and He was born in a barn in the form of Jesus Christ. And the penalty that you owed for all your comparisons, He paid in the person of Christ to show His love for you. And, and so the difference is, is what I want to challenge you to do is stop comparing and just to rest in Christ and to find your identity and God's love for you and God's creation of you and His redemption of you. And to not worry about what you have or what you're going to get or what you're going to do or what other people are having, getting, or doing. But to worry about turning to your Creator and saying, God, what do you want from my life? What did you make me to be? Why did you die for me? What do you have planned for me that's so important that you would die for? I want to pursue that. And I want to find my confidence and my security and my identity and my esteem and who you made me to be, not in who the world who I personally think I want to become. All right, so here's the challenge this morning is you've got to make a choice because you can't have both. You just can't. You can't keep going after your own plan and also have God's plan. And so I've got this little piece of paper here. Where is that? It's right here. I've got this little piece of paper, and I'm going to leave these on stage because I just want you to make the choice. I'm not going to hand them out to you when you leave. But this is just an interesting little exercise that I want to give you to do. And if if you really want to get away from all this comparison mess, I want you to do this exercise. It's got two columns. On this side, it says craving comparisons. It says write down all the, pro- the popular peers and famous people that you sometimes wish you could be like. Just do this in private. All right? You don't have to share this with anybody if you don't want to. But write down the, the, the things you wish you had and people you wish you could be like. Comfort comparisons. Write down the things you sometimes think you're better than. The people the past events that you compare yourself to in order to feel better about your, your current situation. At least I'm not whatever. And write down those comparisons. And then I want you to look. I've got the scripture that we just looked at here. And the other column is Christ. And I want you to make a decision. I'm challenging you to make a decision. To go, am I going to keep pursuing these things? Or am I going to pursue this thing? Realizing that you can't do both. And I want you to wrestle with this. Alright? And I want it to be your decision. But I just want to encourage you and remind you what I said earlier. You stay on this side, or anytime you drift over to it, 
you're always going to be the loser. And you might not realize it until you're a little bit older, but you're going to lose. All right? Over here, you're always the winner. You're always God's son or daughter. You're always loved. There's always a plan for your life. There's always forgiveness when you mess up. You're always the winner. Over here, you're the loser. So I'm going to put these on stage. You can grab one on your way out. If you want to do this exercise and just kind of evaluate, hey, what kind of a comparer am I? And how much is my life fully devoted to Christ? Because we're not playing a game here, guys. At Watermark, this faith thing, this God thing, this Jesus thing, it's not a game. It's something that we want you to pursue with all of your heart and all of your life, not just on Sunday mornings or at your small groups, but every day. And we want you to take it seriously for yourself and then live it out. Let me pray, and I have a couple of announcements.